Got to finish on the church tonight. Um, <clears throat> understanding the church is one of the keys to understanding our Christian life. You know, the church is not something extra in addition to. Uh, the church is an integral part of your Christian life. And really, we need to get to the place where we understand that, where we see that, uh, because we don't do well apart from the church. You know, people don't do well apart from families. Christians don't do well apart from the church. We really need it. We need to be a part of it. We need to be involved in it. And the reason we need to be involved in it is not because it's such a great place. It's because it belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's a great place to be. I think it's a great place to uh, to come to be blessed. But it's because it belongs to Jesus. Look at Matthew 16, verse 18. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But he says, I will build my church. It's his church. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because it's his church, we need to understand what a privilege and a blessing it is to be a part of it. And we need to make much of it. That's about for prayer. Father, would you help us tonight as we look to your word, Lord? Would you bless us as we uh, get into it? And, oh, Lord, I pray that as a church you would give us an understanding and give us a deep appreciation for the blessing it is uh, to be part of your church. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you have your sheet from last week there. Are you? Um, I mean, you all have them in your Bible there, don't you? Uh, from last week. <clears throat> We're going to finish off on that sheet, right? Let me just catch us up, though, here. The nature of our membership in the church needs to be understood for us to be the kind of members the Lord would have us to be. Membership in the Lord's church is not like anything else on earth. People join many organizations in their life and may be listed on several membership lists at the same time. These same people will drop their membership or quit an organization for various reasons. To treat membership in the church of our Lord, as one would a club or a community organization, shows a complete ignorance of what the church is and what church membership is. Right? <clears throat> what is a church? It's not man's organization. Man didn't create it. Man didn't invent it. Um, we, we, we just looked at the fact that the Lord did. Uh, it's rather an organism. It's called a body. And we, you know, we spent a lot of time on that last week, that we are a body. We're supposed to function as a body. We're part of a body, right? Uh, It's called the body of Christ. Um, It's an authorized institution. Jesus said, I will build my church. By the way, he's still building his church. It's organized by Christ. It's an essential institution. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. That's where truth One of the mainstays of truth. Truth, of course, is found in the Scripture, but the church is the pillar and ground of it. And then for the edification of the Christian, look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Right. So he gave gifts to the church that the church uh, might be edified and that the church might be matured. Now. Let me make a bold statement here. It's not possible in the normal course of events for you to mature as a believer Apart from the church. That's, 
you know, you say, hang on a minute. That's, I'm not talking about, you know, the um, <clears throat> a denomination. I'm talking about a church, a local church where you go and you are part of and you grow uh, and you are involved in it. And it's not possible for you to be all that you would be as a Christian apart from the church. You see, the gifts are given to the church to help you and to enable you. And when people say, and lots of Christians do, they say, well, I don't need the church. What they're doing is they're saying, well, I don't need the gifts God's given me. I don't know about you, but I need all the gifts God's given. I need everything I can get in this Christian life. But it's not possible for you, apart from the church, to grow and to be mature and to be all that God would have you to be. Um, <clears throat> we looked at that last week, so we'll not spend more time on it. The church is essential to the growth and training and equipping of the Christian. Um, what is church membered? You do not join a church. It's not a work of man like a club is. You are added to a church. You are joined by God. Look at chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. After Peter's sermon at Pentecost, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread uh, and in prayers. All right? <clears throat> so they were baptized, and they were added unto them. They became part of them. You know, it's not enough just for you to come to church. You need to be part of the church. You need to actually be involved. You need to be on the membership role. You need to be added to the church and be, uh, be a part of what God is doing here. That's God's plan for you. And 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. Look at that there. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Who put you here? You say, well, Christine came on a boat. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's what it's saying. God put you here. Now, now so what does that mean to you? Do you take that seriously? Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Do you think if I decide, you know, I'm sick and tired of being a pastor... You know, I think I'll go and be a salesman somewhere. Uh, I'm resigning tonight. I'm going to be a salesman. Do you think God would be upset? I think he would. I think God could rightfully say, listen, I called you to be a pastor. I put you in LifeGate. Uh, you're supposed to stay there until I tell you to go somewhere else. Right? So it wouldn't be right for the pastor just to kind of walk out the door and say, I'm going somewhere else. Is it any more right for you to? Is it any more right for you to just up stakes and, and walk because you want to go somewhere else? Who put you here? God put you here. Does God move people? Yes, God moves people. But you better be sure it's God that's moving you. We learned this lesson really early. We, we, we went to college in the States and we uh, met this family called the Tuckers. And the Tuckers, were, they were such a blessing to us, right? Now, they were just an ordinary family in the church, um, you know, uh, they were struggling like most people. They'd been such a blessing to us. Just the, the Lord had blessed them financially, and they were a real blessing to us in it. In it. Well, the Tuckers, 
um, decided that they were going to move to Washington State. He was offered a really good job over there. Right? Most people think, you know, if I got a really good job, that would be a good reason for me to move churches. Right? So he was offered this really good job. And off they went to um, Washington State. And it was interesting because we were still there. We were only in, in the States for four, four and a half years. Two years later, they came back from Washington State ruined absolutely ruined. Their marriage was in tatters. These, these, these people that had been such a blessing were just were ruined. And when they told us the story, they never found a church in Washington State that they could become part of. They'd been doing well as long as they were plugged into the church, and they never found a church. You know what? They should never have gone if there was no church to go to. Listen, life's not about money and about a better job. Life's about your walk with God. He can take care of all the rest of those things. And so, listen, when, when you can't, when God doesn't open the door and show you a better place for you to go, show your church for you to go, it's going to take it. Listen, he's not calling you there. It's key. It's essential to your life. Right? It's essential to your Christianity. You see, if God put me here as pastor, I shouldn't walk out the door. Right? If God put you there as church member, you shouldn't walk out the door either. I think I said it to you last week. I feel like I'm married to this church. Not in a bad way. I feel like there's a relationship between me and this church that's as committed as the marriage relationship is. But I think that's not just for me. I think that's for all the members of a church. You say, hang on, that gets kind of scary then leaving. You betcha it gets scary in leaving. I've known pastors that went from one church to another and it didn't work out because they weren't supposed to go. I've known church people that went from, from one church to another that didn't work out, and, and, and it cost them greatly. It's not something that we can take lightly. You see, if God put me here, God's got to move me. That's just the way it is. I don't walk because I feel like it. I only move because God moves me. All right. <clears throat> How are you removed? By death. Right, if you die, we'll let you leave the membership of the church, and we won't... We won't. We, we won't try and hold on to you, right? Uh, we, will, we, we, we will let you leave the church, right? Uh, number two, by dismemberment. Discipline. Think about it. If we're part of the membership of a church, isn't it getting dismembered to be put out of the church? You know, isn't it getting amputated for you to be put out of the church? Interesting expression by dismemberment. Uh, by dismissal to be added to another church almost as a transplant. You know, um, Matthew's left. He's gone to the States. Now he'll always have a, uh, have, a, have a part here, but he's going to join another church. And I'll send a letter off to the new pastor saying, yes, Matthew's a good member in good stead here. And um, they will accept him into membership based upon the letter. So he's going to transfer him. He's going to be transferred to another church. And by the way, part of the church covenant is that <clears throat> when you leave this place, you will join another church like it. You know, so that you're, in our church covenant, you're actually accepting that, that that's what you're going to do. Tina, could you actually print off a copy of the church covenant? And I'll read it before we're done tonight. Um, um, a body must be intact to have life, right? The body's got to be all together for it to have life. And a member without a body will wither. A member without a body, you know, if you take a piece from your body and leave it, it withers, it dies. Gruesome picture. But isn't that the picture God's giving us as far as the body of Christ is concerned, as far as the church is concerned? 
And a body without a member is handicapped. God will demand an account of it. Now, think about that, folks. <clears throat> you know, if you walk out of this place and the Holy Spirit puts you here, and he puts you here because he had a purpose for you to be here, and you're going to be missed, right? Isn't that, isn't that true? I mean, wouldn't you, would you miss one of your fingers? Yeah, you bet you'd miss your finger. You know, you, you, you would, de- would you miss one of your toes? You'd, you'd definitely miss your toe, right? Listen, when you leave here, you're missed because God's put you here for a purpose and God's going to demand an account of it, <clears throat> all right? <clears throat> now, what makes a good member? Because we want to be good members, don't we? Amen? I want to be a good pastor. You want to be good members. We, we, we want to be good at this thing. It's such an important part of our lives, right? Uh, recognition of what you are a member of. That's what we're talking about here recognizing what it is that you're a member of and, and a recognition of what the objectives of membership are, right? <clears throat> to be faithful in attendance. Now, this probably needs to be preached on a Sunday morning. I could, did cover some of it last Sunday morning. Right? <clears throat> but we need to be faithful in our attendance at church. Why? Why, why should you be faithful in your attendance at church, you would say I've just, you know, started coming to church, and I'm, and I, and I, you know, I think you know Sunday morning's enough. That's all anybody else does. Why should we come three times a week? Why should you be faithful uh, in every service? When well, you can, you, you can talk to me. You can, you can answer me. Well, why? Why should you be faithful? Give me some reasons. So who's D? D. God wants us to be. Anybody got a verse that would tell us that? Okay. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Right? We're, we're supposed to come together. All right? So um, that's scriptural command. That's enough for us. Right? Why, why else, though, should you be here? Okay, God of glory. Anthony? Okay, to grow and hear the word of God. Right? Why else? Sorry? Get to know the Lord. That's a def- definite reason. Hugh. Spiritual food, right? Rolly. Okay. Right? We're supposed to be a blessing. We're, we're to provoke one another to love and to good works. But in the context of what we're looking at as a body, right? When we don't come together fully, there's something missing. That's just the way it is. There's something missing. Listen, when you're not here, there's something missing. You say, ah, they don't even know I'm missing. It doesn't matter whether they know you're not here or not. There's something missing. Why? Because the Holy Spirit put you. He didn't put you here for no reason. He put you here for a purpose and for a function. And when you're not here, something is missing. The whole is less. Right? <clears throat> Listen, you know, some of you bake. Right? Now, when you bake, you'll have, you know, I'll see the girls with a bunch of ingredients they're going to put into it. If you keep out one of the ingredients, it might still be a cake. It might still look like a cake. It might still taste all right, but something's missing. Isn't that right? Something, now listen, when you're not here, something is missing. Something, and that should be here, is not here. Right? So you're supposed to be faithful in attendance, right? And to participate in the life of the body. Now, what does it mean to participate in the life of the body? 
How do you participate in the life of the body? Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Tina. How do you participate in the life of the body? Well, being here, right? You could be a church member, and we never see you. Wouldn't be participating much in the life of the in the life of the body, right? <clears throat> okay. How else would you participate in the life of the body? Look at Hebrews ten. We'll, we'll look at these verses um, <clears throat> for a moment. Hebrews chapter ten. Verse 24 and verse 25. <clears throat> and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Right, so, so part of the, the, the life being, being part of the life of the body would be um, consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. How do you provoke people unto love and good works? We know how to provoke people, don't we? We're pretty good at provoking people, but it's often not to love and good works, all right? <clears throat> now, how do, how do we provoke people to love and good works? Okay, by an example, by doing them, right? <clears throat> how else? Maybe a word of exhortation. Maybe coming alongside somebody and giving them a word of exhortation. That'd be that'd be being part of the of the life of the body. You know, listen, you need to do that. You need to exhort, you need to encourage people. What about a word of rebuke? Oh yeah. You see something wrong and you actually say, hang on a minute, listen, this is wrong. A word of that that's being part of the life of the body. You see, here's here's the problem for us. We like the anonymity of coming and just sitting in the pews, you know? I'm just here. You know, nobody knows I'm here. I'm just going to sit here, going to do my thing, and then I'm going to go. But being part of the life of the body means a whole lot. It means I'm going to provoke other people. I'm going to exhort uh, other people. You know, I'm going, I'm going to sometimes rebuke somebody because I see something that's wrong in their lives. And I love them. I don't want them to continue doing it. You know, listen, if, if, if I have a child that's doing something wrong... And I don't rebuke them. I'm negligent. Aren't I? Listen, the same is true of us in the church. Now look, you've got to be careful how you do it. You've got to be kind. You've got to be a blessing to people. You've got to love people and want their best. But those things are all part of being a part of the life of the body. You've got to do those things. You've got to get involved in those things. Um, <clears throat> Bible says, bear you one another's burdens. Bible says, love one another. Uh, you know, the Bible says that we're to fellowship one with another. You know, the, when one weeps, we're all to weep. You know, there's, to be, there's, there's a community here, but, you know, community doesn't happen because we show up. Right? Relationship doesn't happen because you show up. Relationship happens when you get involved. And you need to get involved. You need to get involved with a heart to be a blessing. And you know what you'll find? You'll find that other people are a blessing to you, too. And it's not about position. You don't have to have position. No, you don't have to put a hat on you and say, listen, you are such and such. No, it's just come, be involved, get involved. Be a, be a blessing, be a help, be an encouragement to other people. Exhort people. You know, listen, and you, you, you're participating in the life of the body then, and we're all supposed to do that. We're all supposed to participate in the life of the body. Um, <clears throat> to be concerned for other members. Look at First uh, Corinthians 12, 23 and 24.
And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part uh, which lacked. So what we're doing is we're, we're looking out for each other, we're concerned, we're looking to honor each other. Uh, verse 26, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So somebody gets blessed, well then we're all blessed. And somebody's struggling, we're all struggling with the person. Right? So that there's a community here. So that when you come to church, you see, it's a different idea. It's not when you come to church, you know, you come to get the message. You know, that's not church. That's the old model of church that's in our heads. It's when you come to church, you come to be part of a body. You come into relationship with other people. You want to be a help and a blessing and be part of the body. And that doesn't happen from the pulpit. That happens from the pews. That happens between you when you're looking out for each other, when you're taking care of each other, when you're meeting each other's needs. Not something that's even organized, something that's just happening. It's the life of the body. You know, there's, <clears throat> there's a taking care of each other. Um, <clears throat> to maintain unity. Right? <clears throat> Being a good member means maintaining Look at Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Ephesians 4, 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye, you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. What do you think it means to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called? What's the vocation wherewith ye are called, first of all? What are we called to be? Okay, be servants. To be saints. To be Christians. What's a Christian? Christ-like, someone who's a, li a, a, a little Christ, somebody who's, who's a chip off the old block, right? <clears throat> so we're called to be saints. We're called to be different in this world. We're called to look, at, uh, to look different in this world, right? <clears throat> How would you walk worthy of that? Why well, you'd do it. You'd be seeking after it. You'd be going after it. You'd be looking uh, to be that kind of people. Now he's going to tell you how, uh, in one part, you're going to be able to do that. He says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Let me ask you, did anybody here ever annoy you? Ah, you don't, <laughs> well, you have to be honest. Anybody here ever annoy you? Yes, they did. I mean, there may be some soul here who's never been annoyed by somebody in the church, but, you know, that's because they haven't been around very long, right? Uh, <clears throat> but now, listen, it, that's the reality of life. You know, you come to church, and they you know, may be saints, but being saints doesn't mean they all rub you the right way, does it? What happens is you come to church, and, <clears throat> and there's all kinds of problems and issues and people and all kinds of difficulties, and you can get bent out of shape severely, can't you? Man, you can get bent out of shape. You can you, listen. You can just get all riled up, and you can get fed up, and and all the rest of it. <clears throat> you know, you can you can get pretty bent out of shape around here. Sometimes being in church can be a test of your spirituality. How spiritual are you? Right? Because you can get very carnal uh, around other believers. Right? <clears throat> now, you know what? Satan loves to exalt the differences between us. 
He loves to exalt the problems and the differences. You see, divide and conquer is a great method of fighting. So when you can come into the church and you can divide it, uh, and you can divide it several ways, you know what? <clears throat> You're really on a winner there, and he knows that. So he's on a winner. But, but we're supposed to walk worthy of the Lord uh, <clears throat> with all lowliness and meekness. What would lowliness be to you? What would it be to be lowly? Humble. Humble. What's, what's humility in the Christian life? Do you know what it basically is? It's basically just honesty. I know what I am. That's what it is. It's basically just honesty. You know, Romans 12, verse 3 says that uh, no man think of himself above that which he ought. We have a tendency to think more of ourselves than we ought. You know, uh, that, that's really our problem. You know, sometimes it manifests itself in low self-esteem, but the problem always is that we think more of ourselves than we ought. Right? <clears throat> We're proud by nature. We got it from our old daddy. He was proud and we're proud, too, right? So if we're going to be the right kind of Christians, we're going to have to be humble in the church. And then it says, and meekness. What's meekness? Yeah, meekness, it's, it's you know, that response and reaction to people that's not kind of, you know, up in their face and trying to, you know, <clears throat> go after them. It's that response to people that recognizes God is in control. God's in charge. God's got his got his got his hand on the button. He's got his uh, his finger on the button. He's got he he he's in control of the situation. That person may be irritating me, but they couldn't irritate me unless God allowed them to. That's meekness. That's understanding that God is in it, and I'm not getting riled up at them because I know that God's involved in it. I know that God's in this thing. You know, King David was, um, uh, Absalom has taken his throne. King David's on the run. And one of the sons of Saul, I don't know what he's hanging around for, but he's still hanging around. And you know what he's doing? He's throwing stones at David. And he's telling David, listen, you know, you're a bloody man. You deserve it. Uh, You know, uh, and... um, Joab is beside David, and he says, no, it's not Joab, it's one of the other guys beside him. I said, let, me go, let me go and take his head off. I, I'll just take his I'll tell you what, I will shut him up once and for all. Uh, don't, don't put up with this. And David says, no. Let him speak. Maybe God will look on me and turn his heart. I, but he recognizes God's power and God's involvement in it. You know what? All too often, all we can see is the other person. You said such and such. She said such and such. He did this. And there is no God in that moment. And we get all bent out of shape, and we're all in a fight, and we're, <clears throat> and we're in a fuss. And um, <clears throat> listen, there's no loneliness, and there's no meekness involved, none. We're just spoiling for a fight. Look what else it says. With long-suffering does it mean to be long-suffering? It means to suffer other people. You know, well, listen, wherever you find people, you're, we're so different, you're going to have to suffer people. 
You're going to have people that you have to kind of say, okay, well, this is not my choice. This is not who I'd like to be around. This does not float my boat and make me feel good. But by God's grace, I can be long-suffering in this situation. Um, <clears throat> forbearing one another in love. There's supposed to be love that can forbear one another. Now, let me, let me ask you. Any of you <clears throat> recognize this list from somewhere else in the Bible? I don't recognize this from, from somewhere else in the Bible. Fruit of the Spirit. What you're looking at here is the fruit of the Spirit. How do you bear the fruit of the Spirit? Get filled with the Spirit. How do you get filled with the Spirit? Pardon? Empty of yourself and yield it to Him. That's it. Not hard. It's not difficult. It's not kind of you know, rocket science. It's not for super believers. Um, it's very straightforward. But you can bear the fruit of the Spirit. And when you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you know what? You will be lowly. You will be meek. You will be long-suffering. You will be forbearing one another in love. And you know what? When you're not, you're not. When you're reacting and getting bent out of shape and getting <clears throat> fussing with everybody, the problem is you're not filled with the Spirit. Right? You see, here's the deal, verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Right? It's prizing the unity of the Spirit. Prizing the unity of the whole. Seeing this as being important. You know, if it's going to cost me to keep this, then I, I want to keep the unity of the Spirit. I want to keep the church unified. I want to keep the heart of the church right. You know, I, I, I want to keep the relationships good in the church. It's, it's having that heart and that passion for God's work, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I wonder how often we neglect that. I wonder how often we just don't care about the unity of the Spirit. All we care about is me. And you see, it's an evidence, an evidence that we're not spiritual. Uh, unity is maintained when we don't exalt. Uh, unity is not maintained when we don't exalt the place of membership, but deprecate it. <clears throat> what does that mean? How how would you depreciate or deprecate your 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 membership? How would you do that? What about criticizing and cutting down the church? Well, in our church, you know what they do. And that's very interesting. Now, you know, I, I never ever hear anybody saying, you know, my hand does. You know, my hand, it, it just does these things. You know, it's just really, it's really irritating the things that my hand does. I, I never, but you know, you often hear people saying that about the church. Now, you're part of a body. How can you criticize the body? Do you see a problem there? How can you go after it and criticize it? You know, now, listen, you, you might look at your hand and you might say, well, you know, that hand is dirty and needs to get washed. But you don't, you know, <clears throat> separate yourself from it and say, well, you know what, uh, that, that hand is just so annoying. It's just such a bothersome hand. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I wish I could get rid of that hand. You know, but isn't that what we do? We can look at the church and we can criticize it and tear it down. And our church does this and our church does that and our church does the other. And, and you know what happens when you do that? You're making little of it. 
And you say, well, it's got all these problems. I know it's got all these problems. I'm the pastor. I know it's got problems. But you know what? When you're tearing it down, you're not helping any of the problems. You're just making another problem. Who does it belong to? Whose is it? Jesus Christ's church. I will build my church. Who do you think you are to tear it down? Who do you think you are to criticize it and complain about it and point out all its flaws? Isn't that a problem? By the way, let me say this to you. If you do that in your home, heaven help you with your kids. Heaven help you with your kids. How are you going to get your kids to go straight and fly straight if what you've done is you've torn down the organization that God wants to use in their lives to help them? How are you going to do it? Listen, you can't tear it down. You're part of it. It belongs to Christ. You need it. You say, but there are things that are not right in the church. There are things that are not right in the church. That's the truth. That's the truth. What are you going to do about them? Ask the owner, can he fix them? Prayer. You're going to pray about them. You're going to bring them before the Lord. You're going to ask God to work in them. Is he able to work in it? Of course he is. That's your proper place as a, as a member. But you're not going to tear down. You're not going to destroy. You're not going to get critical of the church. You know, they say one of the things about a growing church is <clears throat> that the people that are going to it love it and want other people to come to it. You know what? <clears throat> you as a people, we as a people, give off an atmosphere when we're excited about the work God is doing here. Now look, in all honesty, because it's not perfect, very easy for you to say, well, I'm not that excited about it. But what we're looking at last Wednesday, Sunday morning, and today is the fact this is exciting because it's of him. You've got to look beyond the flaws and see the fact that it's of him. He's doing something. Listen, I think, you know, we've got problems. But you know, I think this is a very exciting place to be. I'm going off to the States uh, tomorrow. I'd sooner stay. Because I really think this is an exciting place to be. I really think this is a good place to be. Right? You know, for all our problems and all our difficulties, you know, this is the place God has called me to. And this is the place God has called you to do. You know, I'm not going to go off and complain about life. Get, oh, you know, life gets got this problem and that problem. I wish it was better. You know, I wish it was like your church. I won't be complaining like that. I, I wouldn't trade it for the church that I'm going to be in. Right? <clears throat> But we've got to understand we're part of a body. We don't have the right to just criticize and, and crib and tear it down. You know, I, I don't know what you would call somebody who criticized their own hand. But it's a problem, isn't it? I'm sure there's a medical term for it. There's a medical term for everything out there now, right? But you know what? When you're criticizing the church, that's what you're doing. When you're criticizing the church, you're tearing down the place God put you. You're tearing down the body that you're a part of. And you're going to do damage and you're going to be accountable to God. God's not going to take that lightly because it's his church. And he loves it. You're supposed to uphold it. You know, that's just reasonable. That's not even, you know, a huge sacrifice for you. That's just reasonable. Don't tear down the church. You know, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced you can get away with doing a lot of wrong before the Lord. 
But Jesus said, I will build my church. Do you know how many things Jesus could say were mine? No house. Never said my house. Never said my wife. Never said my baby. Never said my horse, my chariot. He had a robe. Somebody gave it to him. And they cast lots for it at the end. He had a cross. But he says, my church is very important to him. Don't go thinking you can damage it and not be heard. You can't do it. You're going to find that he, re- he responds to it, that he reacts to it, right? <clears throat> All right, so don't participate. You know, you come, but you don't participate. You don't get involved. You stay on the, uh, on the, on the outside. You know, you, you, know you, you, you don't want to be part of the body life of the church. And I'm not talking about position. You don't need position to do any of these things. You, know, you say, well, if they give me a position down there, I'd do something. You don't need position. You know, you, you, you don't need to, ha- to be the head of a committee or anything else. You just need to be part of the body. Part of the body life. Just, just be here, be involved. Don't contribute. You know, you don't give financially. You know, you, you come and, and you let it all happen, but you don't give. You know, listen, <clears throat> this, is, this is your body. This is your church. This is, um, <clears throat> we're part of it. We need to contribute. We need to sustain it. That's just reasonable that we should sustain it. <clears throat> you're not concerned about others. Now, by the way, how do you get to the place where you're not concerned about others? You're criticizing them. You're not concerned about them. You know what happens? You let your selfishness ride. And your selfishness has you in the place where you look at others and you're not concerned about them at all. Oh, you can find all their flaws. You, you, You can criticize them, but you can't look at them and say, you know what? That person's in need of help. That person's in need of some care and attention. Do do, do you know that you can change somebody's day just with a smile and showing some concern? I read a story just over the weekend. Um, Fascinating story. This this kid, new kid at school, he is, um, he's a a teen. He's just started in the school. He's awkward. He looks like a geek. He's got the glasses. He's got the huge pile of books on his arm going home from school. And he just looks like he doesn't fit in. Right? And a bunch of kids come along and they knock him down, knock his books all over the ground. And a guy who's walking along beside him and really thinks he's a geek too, goes and helps him to pick his books back up again. And so he picks his, book, picks his books up and um, uh, helps him home with them and finds out he's not as bad as he thought he was. And they strike up a friendship together and they start hanging out together and doing stuff together. Well, years later when they're graduating, the guy whose books had fallen on the ground gave a speech that blew everybody away. He said this. He said... I had taken all my books out of my locker that day because I was going to go home and commit suicide. But this guy came and helped me and it changed my life. Do you think stuff like that happens? Do you think stuff like that happens in the church? Do you think everybody wears it on their sleeves when they need some encouragement? Do you think everybody's going to let you know? Now listen, the Spirit of God knows and you're part of it. We're supposed to participate. We're supposed to be concerned for others. 
We're supposed to be involved. Remember, you know, when we read in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, you know, about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, the, the context of it is not so that I can get. The context of it is so that I can give. You know, when the church starts giving to each other and taking care of each other, it explodes. How did Jesus say we would be known, that the world would know us? No. Particularly love one for another. Right? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. When the church is operating the way the church is supposed to operate, then what happens is the lost get drawn in. They get drawn into the body life. They get drawn to see something here. But we've got to stop thinking about ourselves and, and be concerned for others. Um, the church is one of the three most important relationships you have. What are the three most important relationships you have? What's the most important relationship in your life? God, right? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. Right? What's the next most important relationship that you have? Okay, that, you know, that's reasonable. But, but you know what? The church is part of your relationship with God. I'm not going to put them in priority there. Definitely the relationship with God is first. But you know, because the church is his church, listen, it's pretty high up there. This is a pretty important organization. It's an important part of your life. It's not something you can afford to take lightly. It's not something we can afford to treat lightly. It's very important. Being Being added by God to an organism called the body of Christ, where you are to function as a vital member, contributing your part in the coordination of carrying out the commission of Christ, the head of the body. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing here. It's a relationship to be severed positively only by death or direct amputation of God. He will transplant you to another body. To remove yourself will leave the body handicapped and you will be dismembered. That's not what you want. Listen, you're a part of something. Let me read the church covenant to you. Um, <clears throat> By the way, this we all agree to as a church, right? As a bond of unity among us, uh, this church accepts for its members the following covenant. Having been led by the Holy Spirit to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and on profession of our faith in him, having been baptized, immersed in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we do now most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. We promise that we will watch over and counsel one another in the spirit of brotherly love, that we will remember one another in our prayers, and that we will aid each other in sickness and distress and cultivate Christian sympathy in feeling and courtesy and speech, being slow to take offense but always ready for reconciliation, keeping in mind the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. We further agree by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this church in scriptural knowledge, holiness, and comfort, to promote its spirituality and prosperity, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines, to give it a sacred preeminence over all institutions of human origin, and to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through this nation, uh, throughout this nation and all the world. We further covenant to maintain family and private devotions, to properly rear our, and educate our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and to faithfully witness for Christ in seeking the salvation of the lost. 
Whereas we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth, we will seek God's power to enable us to deny ungodliness and every worldly lust, living in diligent care in this present world. As living testimonies to the praise of his saving power and glory, we promise not to engage in idle talk, avoiding, avoiding all backbiting and unrighteous anger, abstaining from everything that will cause our brother to stumble, and abstaining from all questionable practices, indulgences, and appearances of evil that will allow reproach to be brought on the name or cause of Christ. We moreover endeavor that when we leave this place, we will as soon as possible unite with some other Bible-believing and Bible-teaching local church wherein we can carry out the spirit of the covenant and the principles of God's holy word. You know what? That's all very basic Christianity. That's what we've been talking about tonight. That's very basic to us. You know, but here's the, here's the deal for us. Listen, it's his church. We have the privilege of being part of the work that he is doing here in Tala. We need in our hearts to say, Lord, I'm going to be all I can possibly be in this church. I'm going to be the best pastor I can be. And you need to say, I'm going to be the best member I can be. And we need to give ourselves to this church, not because of the people, but because of him. And when we give ourselves to it because of him, you know what happens? We end up loving the people too. We end up overcoming. We end up coming to the place where we can love and where we can move on. Don't tear this place down. Don't criticize it. Don't look to, uh, <clears throat> to score points off it. You're part of it. You're part of a body. Let's thank God for it. And let's ask him to work in our lives through it. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for these uh, that have come to hear your word. And Lord, we do ask your blessing upon Lightgate Bible Baptist Church. Lord, would you touch the church and bring it to uh, the place, Lord, where it's all that you want it to be. Lord, we know there are problems, there are issues, and there are difficulties. Blessed Spirit of the living God, you know them too. Would you work in those hearts and lives? Would you help, Lord, we pray. Uh, Lord, would you, would you take and uh, give us, Lord, a, a bond of love that's going to speak to the world. And Lord, would you use this church greatly while there's time. In Jesus' name, amen.